Downtown Podcast, Will Burge, Brian Kenny. We are presented by Barstool Sports. We are powered by live mixtapes. Just saw Pesh on Sunday, apparently. Oh, wow. Um, and we are live at the farm in beautiful downtown Cleveland, down in the flats. There is a mega yacht outside. Yeah, dude, this is wild. It, I think it's the Colleague Company guys' yacht. And uh, they've like bought into the Guardians. And they, they're the main presenting company that like runs... That senior PGA event that was just a fire. So I'm almost positive that's their yacht. It's insane. It's just wild to have that kind of yacht on Lake Erie. Because how much yacht usage do you get? Or do you have a semi tow that to somewhere tropical after this? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, I know my buddy who is a multimillionaire too. And uh, his parents like own casinos and stuff. I was just with him on Sunday. Damn. And uh, he's got a super, like a minier yacht, right? It's a yacht, but it's not that. This this thing in front of us is how how long do you think that is? What, 130? Yeah, easy. It's got to be It's somewhere in that range for sure. Um, I know there's a staff that works on that one that's sitting out in front of us. I mean, it's pretty crazy. My buddies is probably more in like the, I don't know, I'd say 55, 60-foot range. Still a big yacht. I mean, it's, it's, this looks like a fucking movie spaceship, like a video game yes. spaceship. Um, he told me that he just takes it back and forth to Detroit because he's got a lot of business in Detroit. I didn't even know you could do that. I know you could just plow straight through the lake to go to Detroit. I didn't know you could do that, but who would want to do that? It's a good point. You're going to end up like the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to go down. They're going to write a 15-minute song about you. Real folksy. You know what, though? you got a good beer made after you. It is a delicious beer. Great beer. Yeah. Um, we had ourselves a Sunday. Yeah, we um, did. We're going to talk some Guardians because there's plenty to talk about, and they are at a tipping point right now, and it is a very, very rough terrain they're going to try to navigate as we head into the, the trade deadline. Um. Scary story with Bronny James, and of course the internet reacted in the grossest way possible. Yep. I would definitely want to talk about that. Uh, some Browns training camp that's kicked off. They're down in Virginia. People are pissed off that they're allowed to bring their families down there. Uh, people just love being mad about everything. Oh yeah. And then uh, Reddit story of the week. So we'll get to all that. But we had ourselves a little Sunday. Shout out to the Thirsty Parrot. Shout out to everybody who came out to the Thirsty Parrot. It was a great crowd that day. It was hot as a motherfucker though. It was very uncomfortable, and I wasn't even hungover showing up. Like I last was. time, I was fucking dying in that heat. But I don't know, man. It, maybe it's the the surrounding blacktop. It's just all showering the heat back at us. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a lot of fun though. Um, we did s- secure an inside spot for most of it, so that that helped. Yeah. Uh, but it was hot when we were out trying to do some content on in the patio. We had people do Tom Hamilton calls, and a guy in a Guardians u- jersey with a hot dog hat on didn't know who Tom Hamilton was. No, it was like. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like such a, like he'd be totally all into yes. everything. And then he's like, I don't know who that is. And it's like, oh, wait, we should probably talk to you for a second to make sure you're uh, mentally all there. <laughs> so he did do a Tom Hamilton impression. How would you, could you, do you think you could do an impression of that impression? Swung and hit to, to the field <laughs> and gone. <laughs> That's almost exactly what it was. It was like nothing. It was amazing. And the fear in his eyes as he was doing it was like. It was, yeah. it was like looking at him as like in Step Brothers where he's like, the tuxedo's take on a new meeting now. Yeah. It's like the hot dog hat means something else now, doesn't it? <laughs> it was kitschy before. And it's, yeah, it's no, not, no, not no, no. Uh, yeah, but dude, we had a lot of fun. And then we went to the game. Uh, game obviously went into extras. They ended up blowing the game. Um, not a fun way to end that series, but understandable one with where they were at with a bullpen game. And yeah. it sucks, but that one's a little more understandable than what they just did against KC. But we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but then we decided we weren't done. And we no. were, we were going to go to Old 86. Old which 86, is, for, first time there. Yeah, with OK Pants' bar uh, and Will and, the, and, the, and company out there. My buddy Kyle described it perfectly. What's that? He's like, I love the vibe in there. It's like if, if they let goth girls plan prom. 
<laughs> that's yeah, that's pretty dead it's on. Pretty fucking good. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. And there's just like a really gaudy VIP booth in the yes. corner that's like, which is like obviously pants as touch. Like, yes, because yes. it's not a big room. No. Like the VIP booth takes up like 60% of the room. Yeah. Uh, really cool back area. I don't know if you got to go outside at all, but it kind of goes all the way back. There's like a garage. It looks like a little bar. I did not. set up. I really wish I would have played some of the uh, Aerosmith Revolution X games they've got there. Yep, which is an awesome game. Fuck yeah. Oh, that's a, that is uh, when people talk about some of the best arcade games of all time. Yes. That's always forgotten. I don't, I don't ever see it on lists. There's a Sega Genesis version of it too that you you don't play with guns. You just like move a cursor around with your thumb. It's like a rail shooter. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> that sounds yeah. terrible. No, but I remember playing the other one at, the, at movie theaters and shit like that and loving it with like the Uzis. Yeah. How cool is it that Aerosmith got their name on a first person shooter game? <laughs> the, <what? laughs> it's fucking crazy. It's not fitting at all. No. <laughs> Oh, like who do you think they pitched that to someone else or somebody else is like, hey, got an idea. <laughs> it's Rambo, but with Aerosmith. It's like, fuck so yeah. Sitting there like, we got this awesome shooter, but I don't think people are going to care enough. Let's put Dream On in the background. <laughs> uh, so that was definitely a vibe. Uh, but Old A6 put me on my ass. That yes. was, um, that is when Pants described it in the beginning, he said it's, he wanted to make the type of dive bar that he wanted to hang out at. And he knocked that out of the park because every time I hang out with Pants, he, I, I'm on my ass afterwards. The guy is an animal. Yesterday was a very difficult day at work, but I got <laughs> through it. I'm proud of myself. It's been years since I've been that hard up that early in the morning having to actually do my job. I stayed there after you guys left. I don't think very long. I'm pretty sure I got out of there. I, I realized I was speaking some sort of gibberish, and I got the hell out of there. <laughs> and uh, got an Uber and rode to get a pizza and uh and then i ran into pesh and then i went home and i woke up at 1 a.m fully clothed next to said pizza that it had one bite out of one slice sitting did next you, to me did you eat the pizza the next day at least oh i ate it right there on the spot Fuck at yeah, 1 a.m proud of you and i didn't eat some of it i cashed a whole medium yeah. from from map room which is decent size you yeah. know good size good pizza i felt terrible the next morning because of it terrible i'm sure i might have shit 20 times how late did you sleep in the next day I didn't sleep in at all. I was up by like 7.45 and oh, writing and doing shit. And I started writing and then I was like, you know what? I'm taking the day off. I worked through the weekend. I was posting shit all Saturday as well. I wrote a blog on Saturday morning that didn't get put up because uh, apparently it was a year old and I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but I did spend time writing and I was like, you know what? I'm taking a day off. Um, I wasn't feeling the greatest. Anyway, I did three walks though. Oh, that's my new thing. When I'm not feeling so great, whether it's mentally hungover, physically, whatever, I get out and I get out and just go for a walk. In I the took sunshine. three shits. <laughs> yeah. Before noon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I might have done 20 before noon. It was <laughs> aggressive. And then I went and got a coffee, and I took like 20 more shits. There you go. Uh, but I cleaned up the whole system. We're feeling good today. There we're you go. Good. Shout we're, out the booze. Yeah, we're back at it. So shout out to uh, Pants and Old 86 and also to Thirsty Parrot. I don't shout know. Shout out to Sarah for putting up with our nonsense, oh, but yeah. especially my nonsense, <laughs> and then driving me home. Thank God. Yeah, what a, bless her soul. We confronted our, our favorite garage, which I don't want to tell people about because I don't want them going there, but my favorite garage was closed, <laughs> and then I went to confront them after the Guardians game. Very and Will and Sarah said I was too aggressive. I don't, I don't see it that way, but pretty sure I said some sort of pleasantry at the beginning, but apparently I not. So. I don't think so. You said, why isn't the garage open? And you kind of, yourself. You kind of like popped out from behind a pillar, too. <laughs> and then the two security guys, I mean, they did reach for their weapons, but very quickly realized that you were only interested in the parking lot. No, car. I needed to know. Yeah. I needed that information. I was furious. Uh, but it's back opening soon, so. Supposedly it's open as of yesterday again. Which I guess you'll find out today, right? You're yep. heading over that way? Right, right from here to there. 
I should I should uh, DM me and I'll give it to you. How about that? I want to blow up Brian's spot. I don't want to. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. I really rely on that. So you're going to the Guardians game, and they are now four games back of the Twins. The Twins have been red hot since they came out. Now the Twins have also had a softer schedule. Um, they're nine and two in the last eleven. The Guardians, I've, I mean, they won two straight series, but, you know, they dropped the first game to Kansas City. They find themselves four games back and all kinds of issues. Bieber's now not going to be back till September. September. And, you know, I do think there's criticisms that could be made to Tito about where, whether or not he should be playing or hitting Miles Straw at the end of games. I mean, um, I don't think you can criticize him for last night. Like, he was two for three. Yeah, yeah, I know last night. No, last night, I, I'll give him a pass. But overall, yes, it, it's been an issue. I was listening to 92.3, and they had Matt Underwood on. And I, like, I like Matt Underwood. He's a fine play-by-play guy. Underpants? Yeah, under, Underpants is a fine play-by-play guy. Fine. Uh, but he's never going to give you anything of substance, ever. He's no. never going to give that to you. So it's like 20 minutes of listening to him tow the company line, which just pisses fans off more. Yeah, I, I, our boy Andre Knott takes a lot of heat on Twitter. He does, but if you listen to his interviews on 850, he actually is giving a ton of insight. Whether or not he's saying it directly or not, he will lead you towards the idea of where, where kind of where the organization thinks. Matt Underwood gives you none of that shit. He yeah. is like, he is a, what are they, those people, the press secretary? He's one of the, he's like a press yeah. secretary, you know what I mean? <laughs> Sean Spicer? Yeah, he's just fucking deflecting things left and right. Um, if you take, what Andre Nata said over the last week, they are trying to make moves. If you take anything of what Amanda Underwood said today, they may have cooled heavily on that. And either one of those would make sense in the scenario then because I don't think there is a... Obviously, I want them to try to win this year. There are four games back against the team. I don't think the Twins are all that great anyway. But is it realistic to go make a run at it this year? I think they're going to have to, more so than ever, balance future with now and probably lean more towards future than any move they make. I mean, Andre was hinting that with the, uh, the, the amount of middle infield prospects they have, they have to make a move. But everybody's been saying that for a while. You would have kind of assumed that they made one by this point. I just, I really don't know. I have no idea what they're actually going to do. Should they make a move? Yeah, probably. It would have been great if it could have been Shane Bieber. I would have loved to have maximized value on him because I, I mean, the, the eye test, he is he has dropped off significantly. Yeah. He is not the guy that he was. But a lot of places are still going to take a shot on a guy with that kind of track record. Look at the Clevenger trade. So it would have been great to get rid of him. Now, like, I don't know which middle infield prospect you want to get rid of. Do you want to move? I, I don't want to move Tyler Freeman. Uh, they, they're really high on Gabriel Arias. He's the guy that, other than Rokio, has probably shown the least, but he's got more major league uh, experience. I also think he might be the guy you'd be able to get the most for. You think so? I do, because I think another team will look at him and go, we're just going to make him our everyday guy. And he's got, you know, he's, he's got such upside because he was such a high-ranking prospect. Uh-huh. He's got all the tools. You've seen the pop at the major league level, even though there hasn't been a ton of it. I think that's the guy you might be able to get the most for. Um, and it's probably not a guy I really want to get rid of, and it doesn't seem like it's no. a guy they want to get rid of. They want to keep everybody. And Ahmed's going to yeah. be gone. So it, it's going to be a little different moving forward. But, I mean, second base is spoken for unless you want to move him to short and then figure out second base from there. I, defensively, Rokio looks like a freak, but he's still in the minors. You still have two guys up right now. I love what I see at Tyler Freeman, night in and night out. He's one of these freak rookies that is doesn't seem to really be harmed by not getting every day at bats. Yeah. A lot of these guys would probably get into their own head, would probably be distracted, 
this guy is is stepping in and and filling spots like a veteran would, just playing every few days. He's amazing. He's somebody that you definitely want to have on the roster. You know how crazy it is. Like we just like shit on guys who come to major league level and don't produce, but that is a lot of times it's the very first time, maybe in their entire life that they are not every single day in the lineup batting. Yeah. Remember, these have been the best baseball players for sure since high school, probably since a little bit before that. Then they get they either go to college and they're a key piece of that team and they get drafted and you're drafted and unless you're drafted like super late and you're fighting for playing time, which isn't the case with a lot of these guys, they've been uh-huh. they're higher end prospects. These motherfuckers have been force fed playing time the entire way up and then all of a sudden they're like you're playing one once every five they days. They probably now. were also pitching up until not too long ago. Yeah, it's true. I mean, yeah. your best athletes typically doing shit like that. Um I mean, I just, I don't know. There's so many things to like from this season that I think go under the radar. I don't think we're singing Josh Naylor's praises enough for how far he's come because it was fucking May and so many people were all up in arms that he was facing a lefty ever. Yep. Me, all I was of, one of them. I was all one of, of them. his yep. stats where he cannot hit left-handed pitching. Yep. Shooter, let, let, let the shooter shoot. Because he just fucking goes in there, and he, he's killing left-handed pitching now. Overall, that guy, since Memorial Day, has been a top two or three hitter in baseball. It's wild. It, he's been phenomenal. And, and to see him come along from platoon first baseman to one of the best hitters in baseball is so much fun to watch. Uh, Tanner Bybee is fucking legitimate. I think there's I think there's a lot to like with Gavin Williams. He's probably underwhelmed a little bit from what people's expectations yeah, I were. Yeah, so. But I still like him. Um, Logan Allen had a rough night last night, but overall, I think he'll be a solid three to five guy in the rotation. The thing about Josh Naylor, too. Well, actually, how about this start here with the Guardians overall? They're five games over 500 since the beginning of June, which doesn't feel like it. But, yeah. you know, it doesn't feel like it, but that I guess that really doesn't mean all that much when you're still four games back and you're still under 500. Uh, Josh Naylor, if he wasn't hitting the way that he is, where do you think this team would be? I mean, we wouldn't even be talking about possibly still being buyers at the deadline. I think he'd be just dead in the water. Or they would have had made some kind of giant move by this point um, to maybe break up that log jam in the middle infield or whatever it was. But he was the entire offense for quite a big portion of the season. I, I mean, him and Jose, the yeah. percentage of RBIs that those two players account for on this team is more than any other team. Like two players do not make up that, that big of a piece on any other team. And it's, it's crazy. Like they really carried things. And they're doing that without really like I mean, Quan has come on a little bit, but you are you're you're getting much more of a sophomore slump than I think any of us really yeah. thought we were going to get. Quan's been really really good over what is it the last like I think it's like sixteen games or something like that, right? And then last night he went what zero for four, yeah. five, like he's over five, and yeah. he's striking out at stuff that like he's going down swinging a lot more than you'd think. Like I based on his peripherals last year, I did not see this coming. No. So he's still good. I'm not complaining about it. I th- still think he should be the leadoff hitter even, but it's just, you know, expectations were one thing and what we're getting is something else, and here we are. Because everybody's expectations did immediately jump to perennial all-star. Hell and, which, yeah. I mean, right, and rightly so Hell after yeah. the season he had. But And look, sophomore slumps happen all the time. Jimenez, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, it's it, – it, and the good, the good hitters, the great hitters and good and great hitters, they are able to adjust and come back the next season. And yeah, But pitching – Catches up to your tendencies. They know where your weak spots are, and they just hammer you with it all season long. Yeah. And, it, and imagine if you like just had a great rookie year, and you know you're working on stuff in the offseason, but you're probably, even if you think you're as focused on your weaknesses as you are, you're probably not as focused as you should be because you just did so goddamn well. 
yeah. kind of buying into the fact that this is a huge weak spot in my swing, that this is a hole that guys can get me out with all next year, and then all of a sudden, boom, you're struggling, to, you're struggling just to get on base. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think that Quan would be that kind of guy, but and we don't even know that that's actually what it is. Yeah. I mean, it could be some other, other mental block. He could have worked his ass off. And, and just worked on every little hole in his swing. And it's still, you come out and, you know, there's expectations and there's reality. And you can start to get down on yourself when reality's not meeting those expectations. Are you buying? I mean, are you buying? Like right now, so you're in control of this roster. You, just, you get to make the choice on what this team does. What are you, what are you doing at the trade deadline? I, would, I mean, I'm buying, but I'm buying more for long term. Because this team is very, very young. They still are the youngest team in baseball, two years in a row. And you're seeing even more rookies making debut and getting a lot more playing time this year. So I don't think it's time to buy somebody with a year, year and a half of control and giving up top prospects for that just so you can put another maybe 30 home runs in the lineup. I think getting a couple guys, one or two of them who might be able to contribute 20 to 30 home runs, I think that's the way to go. If you can yeah, find I mean, I heard, you know, they were, I think it was Nicholas was throwing like Renfro, which does, doesn't do much for me, but it is a... a bat i guess he's yeah. a guy who he's a guy who does swing a bat yeah if you're gonna give him credit for anything he yeah. he does carry it up to the plate and swing it so that's good um rich hill i know that's name has been floated on a bunch and even andre floated around rich hill just as an innings eater because it does feel like there's there this rotation and bullpen are just crazy tax at the moment um you probably Pittsburgh get him for almost closer. nothing yeah yeah i think he has several years of control too doesn't he i believe so that probably would cost quite a bit. What's his name? I don't know. I just don't think that magic bat is out there right now. Look, look there's one magic elixir here. There's one, and it's never going to happen. And that's the Shohei Otani move, right? Because it, oh God, no, it fixes yeah. your offense and defense, the or your your pitching and your offense at the exact same time. He's a big fucking step, and that's just such a testament to how bad the rest of the Angels are. Yeah, David Bednar. How old is he? Like mid twenties, a little, a little over. He's a Pittsburgh native. Um, let's see. I mean, how wild would it be if they just traded? Because I actually don't think the price tag for Otani is going to be as big as other people might think it's going to be. Because ninety percent of the teams in the league are not going to have a shot at resigning him after this year. Bednar's twenty eight, but okay, yeah, no, nobody, like almost nobody's going to resign him. So it's just about if you think you can make the run this year, and then you're going to give up. A shit ton of prospects because this isn't Shohei's decision. I don't, this is just what the Angels want. Yeah, yeah. And I know kind that, of like I'm pretty much everybody's in the running. Well, and they can. And I, I was uh, listening to I think it was overnight ESPN radio driving home the one day, and they supposedly the Angels ownership believes they have a shot at resigning him. Now everybody thinks they're delusional, but they believe that they have a shot at that, and they don't want to trade him because they think they can resign him, which is crazy. It's insane. How much has he come out and said like? I just want to win. I'm tired of this. I think zero. I don't think he said anything, but you know, you got to imagine they've given, he's given him six seasons. It's cra- I can't believe he's been around that long. I mean, Trout's given him that much time. Yeah. Got to be something to live in in that area. <laughs> it seems, is a beautiful, like a pretty enjoyable area. It's to a live. beautiful area. Plus That's, they're willing to pay out the ass. It's true. So if they're going to give him $500 million to live there and just kind of, uh, you know, swim around in the shallow end of the pool. Where the fuck, fuck is that? Where's Oscar Gonzalez, by the way? How's he still not up here? Do you think it's just they're like they don't want to bring him up, show the holes again, so he falls in trade value? Is he a guy they're dangling? I feel like it'd be counter, wouldn't it be counterproductive to trade Oscar Gonzalez unless they just straight up just don't believe in the guy anymore? Um, I'm really confused by it 
my guess would be how much they love what they have in David Fry right now. They they really love David Fry, and I like it. A guy that can catch and play other positions is crazy valuable. Yeah, oh yeah. And he's hitting very very well. And Will Brennan has he's dropped off a little bit, but he's still hitting two sixty plus. Um, and then on top of that, I think Oscar still has the, the same kind of whiff and strikeout rate that he's had. He's just barreling up what he is hitting now. I, I would love to see him up. I think that this, this lineup desperately needs pop. But that'd be my guess as to what their reasoning is. Yeah. And I, I don't know. The, the more I think about it, the more I feel like Ahmed Rosario is still just going to be here. I don't know how you get rid of him. at the, like, I don't know who's going to take him at this point. No, nobody's going to take him at this point. He would have to be a, you'd have to be giving up a couple of those middle infield prospects and, got, and another team have to absolutely love him. You'd be like, yeah, you got to take Ahmed too. <laughs> you got to take our problem in there. Yeah, you got to you got to take the exact problem we just dealt with all season. Oh, I was such a big Ahmed fan, but like his defense did regress this year, and it doesn't seem like I, he's still awesome on the base path. But it's not like it was last year, like leading the league in infield hits. I don't know where yeah. he stands this year, but it seemed like he was doing it a lot more last year. Just the the hustle plays. He's still scoring, you know, from first, which is awesome. But at, at what price? It's a good call. Um, I don't really have anything else on them. I, they got to put together a little win streak here. I mean, because they have the, to. This is, the ne- this right is it. Now. Yeah, because the next month, the schedule gets brutal. I mean, it's it does. unbelievably brutal. The next really month and a half, at once you, as soon as you get in August. I just don't know what it is about the team this year that they don't have the same kind of like, I don't, I don't know if you want to call it killer instinct as last year, but it's like they'll go up two games in a series and it's like, okay, let's just get the sweep. And then they shit the bed hard. Or it seems like the lineup is is made to almost like take it easy for a day. Like, uh, what was this? Was it the Philly series where Naylor sat out the final game, yep. or was it the Pittsburgh series? I, I can't was, remember. I think it was the Phillies. But it was like, what what are we doing right now? It, it, it's right after the All Star break. He can't be that tired. Oh Why? no, it was it was Pittsburgh because then he pinch hit at the end of the game. I believe. Yeah, right? yeah. Still, Let's, you're right. It's crazy. It, last year they would they would take games from their opponents. We, I was literally just talking about this with our buddy yes. Robbie last night. Went over his house, we're bullshitting, listening to the end of the game. They would, they would snatch games away from other teams, games they really didn't have any business winning, but they just continued to play their ass off all the way to the end. This year it does feel a little bit like sometimes they roll, go on the field like we should just beat this team. Also last year it did feel like as long as we are within striking distance come the seventh inning, our bullpen is going to take care of this and we've got a real shot. Yeah. Now we don't feel that way. Very now true. that's just not there. And none of these guys are going deep into games. These starters are very rarely going past, you know, fifth or sixth inning. How many guys have you seen go into the eighth this year? I mean, see, have you seen flirt with, with like, okay, maybe he'll keep mid for a full game. He never does. But yeah. last year you, we'd be sitting there on the couch going, give him the fucking ninth. Yeah. I mean, was it Logan Allen went seven last night? And that was like, and he didn't pitch particularly well. No, but he did give him seven innings. God damn, did they need that? They needed it, and uh, Bybee did it the other night too. So hopefully, the the young guys are coming around that way. But this whole season, a lot of pitches are getting thrown. Uh, speaking of young guys, uh, really sad story this morning. Waking up and find out that Ronnie James collapsed at a USC workout. Went a cardiac arrest. Was rushed to the hospital. Um, was in ICU. Apparently, he's out now. I don't think we've gotten any updates since then. But real, I mean, just the sad. This is one of the things that I hate about the internet, and not that you know. Look, dude, I work for Barstool, and it's not. I'm not like the beacon of morality here, right? Uh-huh. But there are certain moments that should just be bigger than other people's shitty opinions. Where you're just like, damn, man, that's scary as fuck. You know, I have a son who plays high school level sports uh, at a high competitive level. Obviously, not that high of a competitive level. Um, only a couple of years younger. That is terrifying to me. Terrifying. 
that would see my son collapse on, I would just kill me. You'd think that might just be, oh man, that's a sad story. Or you're just like, wow, that's crazy. I don't really like LeBron. I'm not going to say anything. You know what I mean? Which is still weird to me. Nope. That's not the way the internet Got to make it today. political. Got to make it political, which is gotcha. so fucking dumb. You got one side who is, they use every single time something like this happens as, aha, see vaccines. And like, I'm not even going to call your vaccine opinion a conspiracy theory because I don't know anything about the shit. Just like you probably don't, or the guy who watched the YouTube video on probably doesn't. But what I do know is that in this particular moment, in this case, it is a conspiracy theory because you're not as cardiologist, you're not as doctor, and you weren't in the fucking building when the guy collapsed. You have mm-hmm. no idea the situation. So that is very much a conspiracy theory when you have zero facts around it and you want to push your, you know, the, your agenda upon it. Then I saw the other side, the wackos on the far left, they're like, see, this is why and they were putting do- like donation links to people who were running for political office for in the Democratic Party, like, dude, what is going on right now? None of this has anything to do with politics. It's not leftist, right? It's a fucking kid. He's literally a kid, collapsed. Like, he just so happens to have the last name James, and his dad is LeBron, and he may or may not have said some shit that has pissed you off in his career. I'm just, yeah, sick. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of everybody. It's so fucking sick. Very much man. over it. Now, you want to hear the sickest part of it, and this is the part that really pisses me off, is the grifters who come out afterwards and they have their hot takes on Twitter trying to get you to click on their podcast and stuff. And that would be the worst. And I'm hoping this is wrong because Incarcerated Bob, you know who that is? Incarcerated Bob on Twitter? No. Very uh, famous, divisive reporting personality. He has been really, really right on a lot of things and then famously wrong on others. But he did tweet earlier today that TMZ had a six-figure Bounty out on the video of Bronny James collapsing. And if that shit's Jesus fucking, fucking true, Christ. that's just, what, I mean, if I don't know what's rock bottom as a society, but that might be it. I feel like we hit it a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> We're just scraping We've been living in it for a long time now. What are those fish that just suck on the bottom? I think that's what we are oh, as a society. God, yeah. That's, that's crazy. Six figures. And somebody will, if there's a video out there, somebody's going to send it to him because... It's irresponsible yeah. in your life to not send that video. No. If if you don't, if six figures would change your life, I fully understand you sending the video. It's the people putting the, the bounty out on it. Yeah, I think it w- I would at least reach out to LeBron and be like, dude, I don't want to do this, but yeah. as a fan, I have to set like can you guys. Can you give me like seventy, no, you know what I mean, like, <laughs> ninety nine. Yeah, just go come down a little bit. 90. You know what I mean? Like, I I do agree. It's, it, it goes back, and this is obviously not the same level. But it goes back to the World Series tickets when, when, the, yeah. when it was here, right? And everybody was shitting on Guardians fans, or at that time Indians. Was it Indians? Yeah, Indians fans then, for, for selling their tickets. And I'm like, dude, you don't know what type of financial situation people are in? I know it sucks. It does suck to sit there and have to deal with Cubs fans next to you. But somebody might have been able to pay for Christmas that year because of it or got yeah. themselves out from behind on their car payments and their car won't get repoed. If you know that's what I mean? the case, yes. If you got the money and you still sold them, go fuck yourself. Yeah, 100%. You're a dickhead. You're a dickhead. Yeah. If, if, you, if you're a lawyer and you had those tickets and you're like, well, I mean, I can make like five grand. This is awesome. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> You've got enough money. Go see the goddamn game. Be a real fan. Yeah, or, or we gave them home field advantage. Yeah, you did. That Hard fucking sucks. We could have seen the victory. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if it would have played a role. But like the, those Cubs fans were loud, and it definitely, at least the game one I went to and then watching it on TV for the rest, it felt like they, we were in Wrigley the entire time. Yeah, it sucked. It was brutal. Uh, anyway, I hate thoughts and prayers, that term, but, you know, but, but thoughts and prayers and hope everything's good with, with Brownie. And that's just, that sucks, man. That's a scary fucking thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope it. Uh, 
I mean, I hope he's able to live a normal life, obviously. Like, if basketball's taken away from him, that's horrible. But, like, you know, he's still going to have a comfortable life. That just sucks that he can't do his favorite thing. Yeah. But I also do hope he can still play basketball. I, I love LeBron, and I want to see what uh, what them genes can do. Yeah, what, the, what a hell of a story that would be. And then if he's not able to do anything, the amount of pressure that's going to put on Bryce, because he's like, they're saying he's probably better. He's than, probably going to be the monster. Yeah, it's good. He's, he's taller. He's thicker. And that motherfucker could score. Six three is yeah. Steph Curry height. Yeah. That's like Kyrie height. So yeah. I don't know about Brownie and his prospects. I mean, apparently he moved up to like what thirty in the yeah the top one hundred rankings of prospects. But Bryce is big. He can shoot and get yeah. to the rack. I mean, yeah. this is weird to talk about this after his brother. But yeah, this <laughs> was kind of fucking sick. But hard stuff aside, yeah. let's talk basketball. Yeah. <laughs> let's get down to hoops, baby. <laughs> we're so tired of how morally bankrupt all of you are. <laughs> anyway, where would you try to press James? What kind of money would you put on this? <laughs> oh, we're fucked up. There is literally people hand washing this yacht outside. Are you yeah. seeing this? Is like literally they have, have rags and they're hand washing this thing. Good lord, filthy rich. Uh, you want to do the Reddit story? Yeah. Because I know you got to get to the uh, Guardies yeah. game tonight, so let's do the Reddit story of the week. And I've got Sarah's tickets. So I have to walk in with her, so I'm holding everybody up. And I just got offered pizza. Awesome. <laughs> um, so, the Reddit story of the week. Let's pull it up. All right. So today I fucked up by stuffing my face with edibles before dinner with my wife's parents. Recently, I traveled to Denver, Colorado with my wife and my wife's parents. As a resident of a non-legalized state... Wait, hold on one second. Was the guy who tried to throw a steak out the window, was he high? I can't remember if he was on edibles or if that was just... No mention of drugs whatsoever. Okay, all right. Sorry, go ahead. Um, As a resident of a non-legalized state, as someone who is too much of a pussy to regularly buy illegal drugs, the thing I was looking forward to most was the chance to buy fancy legal weed. What could possibly go wrong? So the first thing I do upon arriving, after successfully ditching the in-laws, is drag my wife to a nearby dispensary for a shopping spree. And oh my God, it was just like in my dreams. Tons of different options and neat little sample jars and a team of helpful stoners walking me through the various strains. So that's a great description. I've never been to like, I've never been out that way. I did go to Michigan. It was, it was a lot like that in Michigan, but probably on a, a lesser scale. Um, but around here, it's, it's garbage. Like I was Terrible. so disappointed. All you do is go in a back room and then they hide it like in the back like a pharmacy. It's, it was so disappointing to yeah. go to my first dispensary here in, uh, in Cleveland. Completely different, completely different ballgame. What he's talking about in Colorado, that's how it is there. It's like that in Vegas. Chicago has places like that. Chicago has a fucking THC ice cream shop. You can pick out your strains you me that. and then oh, eat ice awesome. cream, which is the most dangerous thing on earth because you just keep getting higher and then eating more ice cream and getting higher and eating more ice cream. Fuck yeah. Not that I did that, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the guy comes up and he says, are you looking for a mellow body high or do you want something that gives you a bit more pep and energy or are you just hoping for something light to take the stress off? I said, yes, yes, and yes. I reply <laughs> eagerly like a fat kid in a candy store and request an eighth an ounce of about seven different options. In hindsight, hindsight if I learned anything from this experience it is that my math and science teachers never taught me basic information like what is an ounce or how much weed can a person consume in a single weekend. Sure, I can tell you when two speeding trains leaving separate stations will collide or a site... Avogadro's number. I think I'm saying that right. But it turns out that none of that information is particularly relevant uh, to getting high in a responsible and efficient manner. And it was at this dispensary that I also learned that you can't actually smoke in public places, including the hotel that my wife and I were staying at. As a result, before leaving, I begged my wife to buy some edibles that I could munch on until we found a place to properly get lit. After expressing shock as to the absurd volume of drugs that were being, were being bought, 
Unlike me, she is the product of private school and understands the imperial measurement system. She relents, and we walk out of the store with what felt like a dunk, dump truck of weed plus a small package of seemingly innocuous ginger snap cookies. When we finally got back to the hotel room, I tear those bad boys open, only to find about a dozen tiny cookies roughly the size of a quarter. What the fuck, Denver? Seeing the skepticism and hunger in my eyes, my wife warns me that I should go easy and look at the back of the package first before trying one. Dose size, half a cookie, I read silently as I start taking micro bites from the edges like a giant chinchilla gnawing on a sunflower seed. But what kind of a savage only eats half a cookie? So a second later, I covertly pop the remainder into my mouth. Then I quickly stuff two other cookies in my mouth for good measure. And the moment my wife turns her back, uh, we may not have legal weed back home, but I routinely devour an entire package of Milano's in one sitting without breaking a sweat. Your move, tiny ginger snaps. About 30 minutes later, we're in the backseat of her parents' rental car on the way to dinner. And that's when things start to go tits up. My stomach growls loudly and angrily. My wife looks at me with inquisitive eyes that seem to say diarrhea, but I merely clutch my tummy and mumble something about altitude sickness. You didn't eat a whole cookie, did you? She asks, 10% in genuine, genuine concern and 90% in seething irritation. Of course not, I respond, avoiding eye contact for the remainder of the car ride. Three Technically, minutes, he didn't eat a whole cookie. He ate three. Three whole cookies. Yeah. A few minutes later, we were climbing out of her parents' rental car and heading into some trendy farm-to-table restaurant. I don't remember how I made it to my seat, and I don't remember even looking at the menu, but I do remember the concerned look on the waiter's face as he asked me if I was doing all right. Keep it together, man, I say to myself, but my wife's sudden groan suggested I may have also said that to the waiter. <laughs> Things are going downhill fast. <laughs> the waiter nods sympathetically, takes our orders, and then heads to the next table. The moment he walks away, my wife is staring daggers at me. I start to worry that the jig is up. You're sweating from your entire face, she says, <laughs> with both pity and disgust. Not quite knowing what to do, I reach for my napkin and proceed to blot my cheeks, nose, neck, chin, and forehead. At this point, my wife's mom looks over at me with some concern. Are you all right, she asks kindly. Yeah, the food's just a bit spicy, I reply far too quick to realize that we had literally just ordered and that there's nothing on the table except for a basket of dinner rolls. <laughs> my wife kicks me under the table to grab my attention. Bathroom, now, she hisses. Get it together. I reluctantly get up from the table and head for the toilet. After splashing several handfuls of water on my face, I approach a urinal and start to pee. Now, one of the more disconcerting effects of these tiny ginger snap monsters is the feeling that time has become untethered from reality. Mm -hmm. As I'm peeing, I start to get the very unsettling feeling that I've been taking a piss for the better part of an hour and that my wife must be pacing around the restaurant worried about me. But deep down, I know that is absurd. I've been peeing all my life, sometimes multiple times a day. I've probably taken more than 50,000 leaks, and it usually only takes me about a minute at most. So given that my typical pee is no more than 60 seconds, and given that it feels like I am about halfway done, that means that I've probably only been standing there about 30 seconds, right? But the guy at the urinal next to me doesn't respond, and <laughs> instead starts shuffling away from me midstream like a startled penguin. I try, albeit to unsuccessfully, to break eye contact. After finally finishing, I again splash water on my face, return to my seat, making sure to apologize to the table for being gone for such a long time, just in case my math was off. Next, I try to briefly engage in small talk with my wife's father, but I'm far too high to understand what either of us are saying. Not wanting to start laughing uncontrollably at the wrong moment, or really at any moment, I figure the safest idea is to nod my head periodically and drink a ton of water. Nothing cures mental fatigue like water, right? To my wife's horror, I stand up, grab my water glass, and I thrust it out to the waiter, who unfortunately is on the opposite side of the restaurant. But he turns out to be really cool, and after making his way over to our table, tells me that he'll do his best to keep me stocked with ice water for the rest of the meal. He also helpfully suggests that if the dinner rolls aren't too spicy for me, I should probably eat one or two 
so that I'm not sitting there on an empty stomach. Smart man. However, after going through all the bread on the table and all three glasses of water, I start to get worried that I need actual food to offset the growing paranoia from these tiny ginger snap devils. Do you think I should flag down the waiter again and ask what's taking so long? I I suggest helpfully to my wife, what? We literally just ordered these three fucking minutes ago. And at that exchange, my wife loses her cool. How many cookies did you eat? She demands. Whoa, easy there, Torquemada. I respond, somewhat horrified at her outburst. I had a few cookies, but keep it down. I don't want your parents to know how fucked up I am right now. She said, really? They're sitting two feet away from you. They know. I look up and for the first time notice that both my in-laws are just staring at me for what felt like an eternity. And then the update was, uh, let's see. At that point, my wife's singular focus was on getting me out of the restaurant before I either puked all over the table or pissed myself or an unsightly combination of both. So after a few spastic two-handed waves goodbye to my (laughs) in-laws, she rushed me to the door like a Secret Service agent, evacuating the president. My night after that was a whirlwind of barfing and groveling mixed with a few vain attempts at getting handsy back in the hotel room. But being the absolute awesome sweetie that she is, my wife stuck with me through all the whole nightmare whispering over to my ear, please don't die, we have a mortgage. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. First of all, well-written. Well-written. The, uh, what was it? What eating a sunflower seed? A chinchilla. Chinchilla eating a sunflower. I mean, I don't even understand the reference, but I love it. I was immediately could visualize <laughs> it. Uh, that's, I mean, it's gotta be real because everybody who's ever done edibles has gone through that exact scenario. If not, it might not be with in-laws at a restaurant, but oh, everybody's God. had one of those. That's why I wanted to read this story. Yeah. Cause I have had so many fucking just where I'm in my head about every last thing. Like you're making too much eye contact. You're not making enough eye contact. You seem disinterested. Like I just, I, I, I think I've told you part of this story before, but, uh, I went to this place in downtown Willoughby ripped off my ass and my it was like a fancier italian place uh pranzo is it is that place you're supposed to bring your own bottles of wine well it used to be not anymore but yes that was pranzo so at the time it wasn't explained to me it's bring your own bottles of wine okay i was just told byob <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'm like you're fucking with me no way he goes no this place is byob and i'm like this is just gonna be some fucking insane place so i i grabbed some tall boys and natty daddy <laughs> And, and, a, and an energy drink. Pranzo and I show up a, with a monster and two tall boys. <laughs> Pranzo is a nice restaurant. And it is a very nice restaurant. And everybody else is dressed much nicer than me. And I'm there and like I'm, I'm not paying attention to anything. And they go into the specials. And it's the longest list of specials I've ever heard. But I didn't hear it because I was fucking in my own head. <laughs> and then midway through, I crack open the Natty Daddy. And then I go, I'm sorry, could you start over? <laughs> my buddy laughed. He thought it was hilarious. He thought I was fucking with it, but like I was not. I was just out of my mind. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, so there's times when it's like too much and you don't even like, it's not even. So obviously everybody's been through that. Oh my God, when's the last time I said something? You're, you're like, yes. oh my God, when's the last time I talked? You know what I mean? You're Dude, like, <laughs> I was on a podcast once and we were talking about police brutality and I'm like in my head going, you have to say something or else you're going to sound seem racist. <laughs> You have to say something, formulate something. And then I'm not listening to what he's saying because uh-huh. I'm in my own head trying to think of it. And I just kind of went, yeah, totally. And then I just went right back into my own head and I was like, <laughs> okay, I think, you, I think you're doing good. And I listened to the podcast after I'm like, I hope that never, I hope nobody ever finds this. <laughs> so uh, one time I was in Vegas and we had been partying for like three straight days. It was EDC. So you're partying all night long. And then we went to a day party and um, I'd taken that morning. We had just gone to the dispensary. And I had, was off edibles for years. I didn't take any edibles because I was just like, 
they're too much. I never know what I'm getting. But I'm like, now is measurements. They're telling me. So whatever. So yeah, okay. been up all weekend, have a couple drinks in the morning, food, and take a couple edibles and go to this party. We're on a day bed in the beating sun. It's like 105 degrees. It's when it used to be in July. It was so fucking hot. And Carnage is DJing. And I'm having a great time, actually. Uh-huh. It was a good combination of things I was on right then. Having a great time. There's some girls on top of the day bed. We're all dancing and after it. And I remember I just like looked at the girl and like tried to give her like, you know, like it looked like, yeah, hey, what's up? We're having a good time. You uh-huh. know, and she goes, are you okay? <laughs> like, what? I was like, why? And she's like, you're sweating really bad. <laughs> and I just like touched my face and it was like, like just like grease. Like my entire face was just wet, sopping wet. Uh, yeah, so and I was having a great time before that. But I I've can been sh- asked that sober in bedrooms before. <laughs> I don't even sweat. Like so. multiple times. <laughs> sober in bedrooms. Are you okay? <laughs> Shout out to my mother-in-law once again. <laughs> and, and, but in that moment, I went from having a great time and all the things I was on to having the most paranoid time I've ever had. Because then I'm like, am I okay? Yeah. Oh my God, how bad do I look right yeah, now? I can feel the beads of sweat coming out. <laughs> and everyone's looking at me, obviously. Uh-huh. <laughs> no one's paying attention to the music anymore. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, you gotta get out of here, right? Yeah, I gotta go. All right, uh, that was a fun one. It was a short one. We'll be back on Thursday. Uh, we're gonna get into some football because we should have a little bit of training camp stuff to talk about. There hasn't been a ton of news out of there except for the fact that Deshaun Watson apparently is really good at uh, Dave and Buster's games because they were uh, bragging about him throwing a three foot pass. Did you yeah. see that? It was the weirdest thing ever. Did you see his Madden rating? We could talk about that. Yeah, 78. That's yeah. Uh, uh, did you see his completion percentage of passes inside the red zone last year? Mm. Can you pick it 15%? Sean Watson, 8%. So, obviously, we can dive into that stuff next podcast. I think a lot of that is, like, whatever, and this is going to be a different year one way or the other. But, um, yeah, we'll get into it. And we'll, we'll talk about how this family shouldn't be allowed down there. It should be puking and fighting. That's what we should be doing. <laughs> uh, anything we need to push? Westles? Westles, August 17th. I don't know the full lineup for you yet, except for that Dave Flynn will be headlining. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, so just Venmo your money into the ether to Westles. Yeah. Then you'll get Send it out there. See you guys.